Um, our children are being dismissed to Children's Church. I want to thank you all for singing. Thank you to our praise team. They uh, did it on a smaller crew this week, and we miss our others, but we are thankful for y'all. Thankful for y'all's faithfulness to lead us each and every week. Um, let's do this. Let's just bow before the Lord. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think about praise is praise can come from this really exuberant, joyful place. It could also come from this really deeply sober place. And I don't know where your praise comes from this morning. But, uh, but, but uh, as we were singing that song, you could almost sing that uh, it's kind of like um, Page CXVI, this group. They sing, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. They sing that in a minor chord. And I love that you can sing it in a major or a minor. And so um, just with that thought, let's go to the Lord right now. Lord, we love you. We lift up your name. It is worthy of all praise. Um, God, sometimes our praise is, is joyful and delighting, light, airy. And sometimes it comes from a place of deep sobriety, Lord. God, I don't know where we're all at this morning, but Lord, I do know that you are worthy of praise and you're worthy of more than pithy platitudes. You're more than just words off my lips. You are worthy of praise that comes from deep within my bones, Lord. Praise that comes from my heart. God, I pray and I ask that you would just please be with us Lord, shape us and form us to be the people who see you and can praise you from our hearts. Help us to not be the people who think praise is what you want, so we put on a mask and we put on words. But Lord, that all of our praise issues from our heart. Uh, Lord, not only do you want us to praise you and love you well, Lord, uh, you want us to love others well. For us to love you and to love others well, Lord, we have to know how deeply loved we are by you. So as we uh, come to your word today, Lord, as we talk about our love towards others, might it all be established in the, in the fundamental reality uh, of how fully you love us. And Lord, might any of our love that flows from us be that which we received first from you. Uh, God, I pray and I just ask that you would just be with us this morning. Um, speak to us out of your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would use me as your mouthpiece. Um, don't let me say anything that doesn't need to be said, only that which needs to be said. Uh, I pray all these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. So over the last uh, couple of months, we've been talking about um, where we're going as a church, kind of finding our, uh, our new renewed identity uh, post-COVID. And um, so we've talked about things like capacity and, 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 and appreciating our capacity and the abundance that God has towards us. And, and uh, what I wanted to do as I uh, came back this week was I wanted us to actually kind of put some, uh, some things practically together. Like, you know, we've, we've been thinking about this. It's been kind of uh, percolating in our hearts and our minds. But, um, but we want to find out, hey, look, as we look 
into 2023, like what do you have the capacity to actually do? And so like when we think about like, um, when we think about, you know, children's church, like who actually has the capacity to do children's church in 2023? There's people who might've had the capacity in 2022, don't have the capacity in 2023 and, and, and things of that nature. And so we kind of wanted to practically, uh, you know, get people geared up for uh, some of those things. But of course, I got back and then I had um, uh, the flu and uh, my whole week got kind of thrown off. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what, we'll shelve that and we'll, we'll look at that again another day. We'll, we'll, we'll begin to kind of build up uh, for our, our, our new year another day. But, um, but so today what I wanted to do is I wanted to go back to a, um, a passage that uh, Brother Sam read out of last week. It's in Philippians chapter number one. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Philippians chapter number one. It's a very, uh, uh, very, you know, familiar scripture. It's a very poignant scripture. It, it, it's a, it's, it, it's a good text. Um, and Sam said, like, hey, listen, this is how I feel about you, Friendswood Baptist Church, and um, and and. Uh, and so uh, I, I like this passage. It's a good passage. And, and, and as he was reading it and I, I was listening to the sermon, um, uh, there was just some things that I was like, oh, man, this is exactly like some of the things that we've been talking about. But, but where I want to come from with it today is this place. We've been talking about, you know, not only do we have, do, do we have to appreciate that we have capacity, um, but um, uh, but but the capacity that we have is enough. It's good. Like God's given us, uh, you know. Like if you say, "Man, I have this five minutes to do this thing," we shouldn't go, "Oh, I only have five minutes to do this thing." We should go, "Man, God, you gave me five minutes, and and I got this five minutes, and I trust that you can take this five minutes, and you can do some really powerful things in this five minutes. This is what you've given me to be able to pour into this." this endeavor and whatever that endeavor might be or 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 you know think about it financially uh you know you could look at it and you could go oh man i only have you know this fifty dollars to give or you can go i have fifty dollars to give that's amazing like that i have fifty dollars to give and the fact that any of us would have anything to give after this year of inflation and and, and crazy uh ec- economic um uh turmoil and stress is is something that we should all delight in i think a bit as well but but we think about this idea of us our capacity being enough but but i also wanted to talk about this and one of the things that we've said is not only do we want to uh, uh like appreciate and celebrate and work within the capacity that we have but we understand that our capacity can grow our capacity can be we can maximize that capacity and our capacity can grow and um in in, in a couple of weeks ago uh, for a couple of weeks, I looked at a passage in Luke chapter number 12, um, and, um, and, and really this 12 verse number 32, this great passage where uh, Jesus is looking at his disciples and he says, fear not, don't be afraid, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I'm thinking about, for them, they were looking for a king who would sit on the throne in Jerusalem. And Jesus was like, I have a better kingdom for you, right? I have a kingdom that does not, uh, the throne doesn't rot. The crown doesn't corrupt, right? I have a better kingdom for you. And, and, and as I process and I think about like what that kingdom is, and part of that is, is this capacity that we have 
from God to love people, to be generous towards people, uh, to, to forgive people. This is kingdom. This is kingdom that we are given. Uh, and God delights to give us this kingdom, this way of living, this character, if you will, this way of living uh, contrary to the kings and kingdoms of this world. And I think this is something, this is just kind of an aside, but think about where we are at in America right now and how is everybody, how you look at the two political, dominant political ideologies and while they differ on points, they both look very much the same in their doggedness. Their tactics are very similar. I'm always, I'm always, I don't know why I'm ever surprised, but I'm always a little bit surprised whenever one party is crying foul at another party for something that that party got caught doing six months ago. It's always so, wow, you, wait, you were just doing that. Now you're just, now, now you're celebrating that they got caught. I, don't, I just, and just think about that. This is the way that the kingdoms of this world operate. Kingdoms of this world don't operate in patience and long-suffering and kindness. The kingdoms of this world don't operate in generosity and hospitality. The kingdoms of this world don't operate in love. And so Jesus says, hey, it's God's good desire to give you the kingdom. And you see the kingdom as our capacity to live as citizens worthy of a kingdom that is beyond this world. Our capacity to carry the character of Christ. And if you'll accept that as a, as, 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 as a consideration of the kingdom, then what I want us to do as we look at Philippians here, I want us to see that not only does God give us the kingdom, but, 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 he, but he, he allows this kingdom to grow within us. And this is what Paul's prayer is, actually, for the disciples there at Philippi. Paul says these words, beginning in verse number three. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So every time I think about you guys, I am joyfully praying for you. I have joy in my heart. And my requests that I make are, 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 are joyful. Why? Because of your fellowship in the gospel from the very beginning even to now. For the way that you have partnered with me and walked with me and fellowshiped with me and communed with me and helped me. I would echo what Paul has to say here from you, my brothers and sisters. He says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That perform it could also be he will complete it until the day. God, God's began something in you and, and, and it's growing and it's maturing and it's shaping and it's forming and, and, and it's going to one day be complete. Here's what I would encourage y'all with. You might look at yourself and go, I'm not complete yet. God knows. And guess what? He still loves you. 
and he's patient with you. And, and, he's, and I love what Lyndall said a few weeks ago. Whenever you see a toddler, one of your grandbaby toddlers, um, uh, uh, you know, toddling and, and falling down, you don't go, oh, I can't believe you fell down. You were just so delighted that they were trying to take steps in the first place and you celebrate it. And that's how we should view God. Yeah, you're not complete yet, but guess what? I'm still at work in you. I'm still walking with you. I'm still being patient with you. I'm celebrating the steps you're taking. I'm joying. I'm joying and watching you, watching you struggle sometimes to, to do the right thing, but then ultimately do the right thing. I celebrate that. Can you imagine? Think about that being God instead of that old, oh, I can't believe you. You're never going to get it right. Too often it's that latter voice that we have of God instead of that former voice. If we can be good, Jesus says it like this, if you can be good towards your children and your grandchildren, then why do we think less of God? Why do we think less of God? Oh. So he says, uh, the one who has begun the good work will complete it until the day of Christ. And Paul then goes on to say, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as in both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of my grace. I think of this, and, and, it's, and it's, it's fine, it's good that I think of this uh, about you all, because I've seen what you've done. You have, you've not only been... Of fellow partners in the gospel from the first day until now, but, but even right now, as I'm in bonds and in the defense and confirmation of my faith, you continue to be partakers or co-participants. You, you are continuing to work with me. Now, what you should understand very practically when Paul's writing this letter we find it out in chapter number four is he's not just saying words. He's not just giving like some good pithy platitudes towards these disciples. He's not just puffing them up. These disciples have actually met his needs time after time after time. They've sent and they've inquired after him and they cared for him. And so whenever Paul says like, listen, it's necessary for me to think joyfully of you all because you have always been there for me and with me. And one of the reasons why he's writing this letter is even to say, thank you for the gift that you brought to me. For the, the care package that you put together. Thank you for sending somebody to encourage me. So whenever Paul is talking about this, he's not just saying the things that you're you know, you, you might should say, Brittany told me she had a, she, she, she had a dream last night and, um, and, and in the dream she was being corrected or rebuked by somebody and this lady sat down and, and she goes, listen, I love you like a sister. And Brittany goes, you don't even know me. Have you ever felt like that? Like somebody's been so kind to you, so sweet to you. They want to tell you something. Good, bad, and different. And they act like they know you, but they don't really know you. This is not Paul here. Paul knows them. Paul has seen what they've done. Uh, and, and I stand with Sam whenever I say, these are things that I see in Friends with Baptist Church. I agree. 
<clears throat> he says, <clears throat> God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Listen, th- these aren't just casual friends to Paul. These aren't just some people that Paul has like as a, as a, as a, as a, as a notch in his belt of, of ministry. These are people who Paul dearly loves. And he goes, I'm telling you, I joy in you. I am. I, I, I'm so thankful for your fellowship in the gospel. Um, I, I, it's necessary for me to think about this because you've always been there. You've always been doing the work. Always been taking care of me and, and, and partnering with me. And he says, like, listen, Jesus Christ knows how much I long for you. God knows. God is my witness. How much I long for you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. If you're confused about this word bow. Um, <laughs> uh, this is like their seat of emotion, right? It's, 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 it, it, and sometimes we get that. You've, you've ever thought, you feel it in your gut, right? You feel it in your bones, right? You feel it so deeply. Like, this is how long, much I long for you. God's my witness. I, I, I long for you uh, and with all like the full affection, if you could say, maybe, of Jesus Christ. And here's where, Paul get, where we're getting. Paul says, and this is my prayer. Not only do I pray for you and do I do it with joy and do I think it's necessary that I pray for you with joy and and do I long after you in my prayers, but this is my prayer for you. I pray that your love may abound yet more and more. And that you might abound in knowledge and in all judgment or discernment. I pray that you may approve things that are excellent. I pray that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. You could even say that righteous character, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. And so this morning, this is what I want us to look at is this growing gift of the kingdom that your love, that you have the capacity, you have so much capacity to love right now, but we want to see this capacity grow within you and abound more and more. You have the capacity to know the will of God and to discern the things that God wants you to, to pursue, to discern the things that God goes, hey, that might be good, but it's not for you. You have the capacity to know, to approve, to test. Hey, what things are good, true, right, worthy, pure. But but, but let's see that capacity develop and grow a little bit. You have the capacity to do things sincerely. You have the capacity to do things without becoming an intentional stumbling block. You have the capacity to be filled with the fruits of righteousness to be filled with the righteous character of Jesus. And we want to see that grow and develop. So, a couple things. First of all, 
you have the capacity. Paul says, in the lead up to this prayer, I've already seen it at work in you. I've already seen you do these things. I've already seen you uh, uh, be, be, be loving and generous and hospitable and, and careful. You have the capacity for these things. I've already seen you be the ones who can, who can stand and confirm and even defend the gospel. You have, you have knowledge and you have discernment. You have the ability to approve things that are excellent. You have the capacity. You have the capacity if we were going to say what Paul says over in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit. You have the capacity for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, goodness, self-control. You have the capacity for what Paul defines as love in 1 Corinthians 13. You to be long-suffering. Right? Uh, kind. Humble. Uh, you already, you, you contain this. Why do you contain this? A couple of things. For one, God created us in his image. We have to remember that. And, and even though uh, sin entered into this world and death by sin, God didn't say, well, I'm still in my image from them. <laughs> like everybody on this earth has the capacity to do good. Every last one of us has the capacity to do good. This is one of the things that Christians get so, 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 so messed up with and, 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 and so confused with and, and actually so nasty with sometimes is, is they act like, well, we're the only ones who do good on this planet. And, and sometimes we're doing the most harm rather than good. Why does any of us have the capacity to do good, period, is because every last one of us was created in the image of God. Now, here's, this is important for us to understand even as we do try to love and be patient and be peaceful towards people who are not like us in our faith or our ideologies or our sexualities or, or, or whatever. One way that you can see them is to go, hey, beyond all that, they were created in the image of God. And at the very, very beginning and end of it all is God created them in his image, and he loves them. And who am I to not love them like God loves them? Uh, so that's one reason. But there's so much more for us who trust in Christ. He said the fruit of righteousness which are by Christ, or the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ, which are from Christ, which are through Christ, right? We don't have this fruit of righteousness in and of ourselves. We get this fruit of righteousness, this capacity to, to, to love like Jesus loved. We have this capacity to be uh, forgiving like Jesus was forgiving. We have this capacity to carry the character of Jesus because we have the Spirit of God living within us. And how did you get the Spirit of God? Well, you said five Hail Marys and four Our Fathers, right? You were baptized, right? Not, 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 not sprinkled. You were baptized with the mercy. That's how you got it? You said the right prayer, right? 
No, none of those things. You received the Spirit of God because you accepted God's love and rescue. You accepted God saying, while you were yet a sinner, my son died for you. So you have the capacity. We have the capacity, every last one of us, because we're made in the image of God. We have the capacity because we are filled with the Spirit of God. And we should celebrate that. But we should also know that our capacity can grow. Our capacity could grow. One of the things that I think is interesting about the book of Philippians is whenever Paul says, I want you to abound more and more in love is what we find out in chapter number two and we find out in chapter number four is while they loved Paul really well and they were sending gifts to Paul, there were some problems within their own church. See, in chapter number two, he has to address them. He says, I want you to each esteem others better than yourselves. I want you to take on the mind of Christ. In the mind of Christ, and then he goes into that wonderful hymn. In chapter number four, we find out that there's two prominent leaders in the church. There are women that he addresses, and there are leaders in this church, obviously. And they are they are at odds with one another, and he appeals to them that they would be united. That they would come back together. Here's something that I was thinking about as I was studying this is, you know, last week, one of the things that Sam mentioned was people coming back into the church. And, and one of the things that I thought about was, you know, it's easy to love somebody new coming into the church really, really, really well. But truth be told, isn't it kind of awkward to know how to love somebody who's coming back to the church? Have you ever felt that? Is it? Truth be told, isn't it easier to welcome somebody who's never been to your church before and they go, man, I've not been in church for years. And you go, oh, don't worry about it. Come on in. Isn't it kind of hard not to sit there and go, they were in our church for years and now they haven't been here for a while and they know better. To be a little judgy towards the people who we feel should be here but aren't. Whenever I think about this love abounding more and more, I think sometimes we need to understand that this capacity that we have can be easily given to others. And sometimes that capacity to those who we're most familiar with, it shuts down. Spouses do this with one another. You're a little bit more patient with somebody else than you are your spouse. It shouldn't be that way, but it is that way, right? They get to see a little bit more of your flaws, a little bit more of your hastiness and your hostility. The same thing is what I think happens here is, 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 is in the church, Paul is saying, hey, y'all have loved me really well, but what I know and I've heard and have been reported to me is, is, is y'all's capacity to love one another 
it needs to abound more and more towards each other. And you know, I, I don't know fully what this looks like, but I think it's something for us to all at least consider is that as people uh, who, who, who had been faithful and, and throughout COVID era uh, stopped being faithful attenders or participants, as they, as they are trying to come back, we should be at least considerate of the understanding that they're dealing with what it means to come back and we should kind of go, okay, we get that. There should be some grace there. And some love that abounds towards them like if it was somebody who was brand new coming into our fellowship. Somebody we had never seen before. And so, that's one thing that I want us to consider. Uh, The other thing that I want to say before I go this morning is... is as we celebrate what we are able to do, the abundance that God has given us, we should know that it's only as we actually live into the kingdom that he's giving us, the love that he's given us, the the forgiveness that he's given us, the humility that he's given us. It's only as we live into that that we actually get to grow our capacity. Right? See, whenever I start forgiving somebody, it's very, very hard. And we can talk about like petty things, but I never like to talk about petty things. Although sometimes petty things really get under our skin. I mean, sometimes you can talk to somebody and you could go, did you hear what they did? And they tell you the story and you're going, that's it? Uh, Dawes, uh, the band, they have this great song and, and, and this line in it. It says, um, you know, they say, let's raise a glass to all the people you're not speaking to. And then it gets to the point where it says, things happen. And he says, I don't know really what you wanted me to say to you. Things happen. That's all they ever do. And uh, you think about it, you're sitting at a party and somebody's over there and they're going, let me tell you about so-and-so and all the things that they've done to me. And you're going, I don't really want to listen to you. your complaints about so-and-so. And at some point you go, I don't know what you want from me. So I don't want us to just dismiss petty things, but I will say this. It's easy to talk about petty things with forgiveness, but many of us are dealing with much bigger things than petty things, much bigger hurts than petty hurts. And if we're talking about real forgiveness, we're not talking about just a one-time trip to the altar where we go, all right, Jesus, I'm going to lay them down to you. We're talking about a process where, 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 where you keep wanting to pick them up off the altar, Right? Keep wanting to bring that hurt, that offense, that pain, that trauma. Not only, not only where you want to bring it, but, but you're talking about where it keeps rearing its head in ways that you never knew. Uh, my wife and I, we were in a, in a moment a few weeks ago, and, uh, and there's somebody that has uh, been, somebody in our family that has offended uh, really the whole family. 
and in in a particular way. And she and I were having a moment. And in that moment, uh, a whole new thought process of, of pain and hurt and trauma came up that she had never suspected before. And so I just use that as an illustration to say, sometimes it's not that you keep bringing the pain with you. Sometimes the pain rears its ugly head in a new way that you never suspected before. And so when you're talking about real deep forgiveness, forgiveness that only God can allow you the capacity, the strength, the mercy, the grace, the love to do, what I would say is that is one of those things where you find out that it is something that is a process of growth to be able to do. And the more that you do it, the more you grow to be able to do it. Now, whenever I think about this in our practical ways, and we'll, we'll just think about this, is listen, the more that we just do what we're doing really, really well with our children, with our worship, with our fellowship, with our opportunities for discipleship and service, the more that we do that, that's where it grows. We don't have to add a bunch of things to it to see the growth. We just have to, let's just say, family promise, the more that we continue to develop and do that, each and every time you do family promise, you get new thoughts and new energies and new love and new mercy and new um, creativity and it starts to boil, uh, boil up and you are able to, the more that you do it, have some better creative energy. And so that's how I want us to see it practically uh, whenever it comes to like us actually doing things as a church. But my brothers and sisters, here's the thing that I would encourage us with is while we celebrate the abundance that God has for us, what we see in Paul's prayer is that God not only wants us to see the capacity that we have, but God also wants to continue to develop and grow our capacity. And the thing that he wants us to develop and grow our capacity uh, above and beyond anything else is our love. Our ability to know what God wants and to execute what God wants in our lives, in our homes. Our ability to do this with sincerity, without offense. Our ability to bear the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus. And for what purpose? I love how Paul says this unto the praise and the glory of God. As we continue to grow into this gift of the kingdom, we will receive so much good from it. We'll also receive a lot of hardness through it. But everything that we will be doing is not for the praise and the glory of Friendswood Baptist Church but for the praise and the glory of Jesus Christ, of God the Father, and of God the Holy Spirit. And with that I say, amen.
Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your word, and I pray and I ask that you would just please be with us as we uh, attend to your word. Uh, God, I pray this. I pray that uh, as we go out from this place, Lord, that we will know that we have the capacity to love, to forgive, to forbear. We have the capacity towards generosity and hospitality. We have that because of who we are created in the image of, which is you. And we have it because of the gift of your spirit, God. Lord, might we know that the more that we live into that, into that which you've given us, the more we are able to grow in it and develop it, the more that we are shaped and formed by it. Uh, Lord, I think about this practically, Lord. It's the more that we do that, that we see actual, we see not numerical growth only, Lord, but we see growth of disciples, mature disciples, Lord. And so, God, I pray and I ask that you would help us. Help us so that we might continue to uh, walk in love, wisdom, and righteousness and we might continue to walk in it so that we might continue to develop it in our lives Lord. so that we might continue to see us uh, shaped and formed more and more into the people uh, Lord the more that we walk in it the more that you continue to do the work and to complete the task that you began in us I pray that Lord uh, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would be with us this morning. Uh, tend to us in these next few moments. Keep us as we go, I pray in Christ's name. I'm just going to give you all a moment or two, maybe just to consider the capacity that, maybe there's a capacity that you thought that you lacked and God reminded you, you don't lack this capacity, I've given you this capacity. Maybe there's something that you, you, you see that uh, you, you want to abound and you want to grow in and you can just come to the Lord and say, God, I want to grow in this. Let's just take a moment or two and meet with the Lord and then Brother Mitch and the team will uh, lead us out.